What's up? It's Megan and I'm back with another episode of the Scared Photographer podcast, a podcast where we have a new creative every week come on and tell us all about their journey and their story and all the wins and the fails and everything that they've gone through in business and share that all with you. And I'm excited to have another guest on today. So without further ado, we'll hop right on into it. Welcome back. It's Megan and I'm here with Shia K Films and we're so excited to hang out today. How's it going? I'm I'm doing well. This is like a nice way to break up the monotony of like editing and doing admin and stuff. So thanks yeah. for having me. A little mid-morning, well, I guess almost lunchtime conversation, but yeah. you know, it's, it's a good time. All I appreciate you coming on to hang out. Um, so your business is Shia K Films and you are a filmmaker. Yes, yes. I am. Yeah. <laughs> do you have um, like a niche that you specifically work in only, or do you have a couple different areas? Uh, so with weddings, that's what I primarily do. Yeah. I, I film like, you know, Western, but also Sikh weddings and other okay. Indian weddings. But my niche, I've like narrowed it down to three values that I want from my couples. So they're flexible, meaning they're not going to be too stressed on the day. They value me as a filmmaker and, and like trust me. So like mm-hmm. the art and trying new things, but also they're into a party uh yeah. yeah like people are my caffeine so if i'm going to be spending like a 12-hour day with someone or a 14-hour day on an indian wedding like i need i need that energy yeah. and also i just want to be around like exciting events yeah well yeah that 12 hours is a long day you gotta mm-hmm. have fun this so you're not like oh man this is a lot yeah. of work it doesn't feel like work then maybe yes i mean my, my back and my like you know feet might feel different <laughs> about that but yeah Definitely. If the energy's there, like I will be on that dance floor with a huge smile on my face. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So what got you into, we'll talk about like when you got into the wedding industry, but what got you into filmmaking? Like where did that um, mm. inspiration come from? So <laughs> many, many moons ago, over 10 years, maybe 12 years, I was given a Canon power shot like a little rinky dink camera yeah it was pretty badass at the time though (laughs) and i just started taking pictures i lived out in in the country in ontario and i was taking pictures of just like flora and and nature and things and people could they could appreciate what i saw so they could see what i see and i feel like communicating that meant that i was good at taking photography because we've all seen like our aunts and uncle pictures and you're like you know like thanks for showing me your travels with us and this is not a good photo um so i realized that i had something and then i just started like making home movies with my friends and having a good time with it and i realized that there was potential with 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 video Mm -hmm. at that time as a young adult i guess i was going through i was in university for international development studies okay yeah and i went to that program because as a late teenager, I had volunteered to build a school in Kenya for three weeks. Wow. Then I went to Ecuador to build a community garden through 
Free the Children or We, I think they're now called. Yeah. Oh, that's um, so cool. And I wanted to like, to like to give back, you know, I was like one of those like new hippies, like, I'm going to help the world, and <laughs> help the help humanity. Yeah. Uh, but academics was just not my thing. Holy cow. I didn't want to be, I wanted to be in the field. I didn't want to like be writing papers and whatever. I don't even know the, the jargon for <laughs> academics, I guess. Yeah. So when I was given that camera and I realized the power of video, I, that's when I decided to drop out. It was a long period. I wasn't enjoying the program, so I wasn't doing well, but I was enjoying filmmaking and photography. So I decided to kind of pursue that, but I understood the power of, of a movie. Like yeah. if you watch Pixar's up the opening or like the scene where his like wife passes on, it's like everyone cries. Yeah. Or if you watch a documentary about things happening overseas or even here at home, it's like, you know, we're full of anger or inspiration, motivation. And that's the power of of a film. I remember thinking like someone will pay 15 bucks to go watch this movie and then they will leave motivated. So that's why I pursued filmmaking. Yeah. But I didn't want to do weddings. I was like, I'm going to film for Coca-Cola and make <laughs> bank and create and tell stories. Oh, how I was wrong. <laughs> Nine years later, I now film oh, weddings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you started, so you went to university back in Ontario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when did you, cause you live in BC now. So when did that happen for you? Like, did you start your business or start working into film when you were still in Ontario? Not really. I was actually a family. I was a studio photographer oh, okay. through college. I did yeah. a little bit of university to get a certificate, but courses were spread out too far. So I never completed that. Like I actually studied film theory and I got to work with film and, and cool. work on World War II cameras. Yeah. So that gave me a good foundation of, of creating a film. But then with college, I spent two years actually like practical knowledge and working on music videos and such and clients. And after that two year program in 2014, I had dabbled a little bit in weddings, making like three hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds definitely familiar. some horror stories yeah, with yeah. Uh, those those uh, couples and companies I worked with, uh, you know, new, new beginnings. And yeah. then when I moved out here, I had reached out to a wedding company. I didn't hear anything from them for probably nine months. So I was working at Metro Town. Yeah. Of course. I was like the camera guy. Anyone who's like, oh, camera question, just call Shia. Like, yeah. Aww. Uh, yeah. So I didn't start until I think 2015. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you dropped out of the, pro the um, original program that you were in, and then you went in to do film at school as well, then like you transferred into a different program or how it, did that all work for you? It wasn't quite immediate when I when I left. I knew I was going to pursue filmmaking, digital video production, but there wasn't really a program that I could find. Mm. I found, you know, a producer on Craigslist that yeah. was looking to making looking to make a film. That ended up kind of being a little bit of a scam, and the producers took oh, all the no. money and like bought their cars. And they, oh, uh, shoot. Le yeah Good old scam. so many learning curves oh, man. i don't think in my young 20s and i'm just eager to do anything right um, yeah this and is I how was they get you oh this is how they get you like oh he's young enthusiastic <laughs> <laughs> let's exploit him uh, and... i shouldn't laugh it's so but it does no. happen right like it does 
but I would film like anything, uh, yeah. dance recitals, little like YouTube vlog videos for musicians. If I was creating, I, I was, was happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you went, so you did end up, did you end up, sorry. <laughs> I can't talk apparently. You did end up finding somewhere to practice film school-wise. I think I you did. mentioned. Yeah. Yes. So how did you come across that? Well, uh my my dad was living four hours away from our house. He was working at a nuclear power plant. And I was living with him for three weeks because in between that time where I dropped out, I I was like make, not mixed up with the wrong crowd, but I was right. using recreational drugs a little bit too much at the time. And I was just like, I lost a lot of jobs. I just wasn't like invested in that. I was mm -hmm. investing my time more socially and irresponsibly. And I wasn't, and ultimately I was given like an ultimatum, come live yeah. with me. We see like potential in you, but my dad really wanted to correct the path that I was going down. And it was so influential that three weeks mm -hmm. was really responsible for my for where i am now because he kind of forced me to look for these programs yeah. find these schools like every single day try and find somewhere where you can become a filmmaker and he even bought me like final cut studio Aww. printed out like a name tag and put it over his work desk and he said like get ready for work every single day yeah. because oh, this is where you want to be yeah it was really intense um but it actually happened around my 22nd birthday i celebrated my birthday wow. at, at and i yeah everything everything changed and i found the school i applied yeah. i think it was in the second year that this college was offering video production and i got in um that's amazing. and then that september i was like a mature student and i just slayed it because that's i was like 22 and everyone else is like 18 i'm like i'm just gonna go in kick ass and you know meet people uh and it was fantastic oh man that's such a good piece of advice and i've heard this um in different formats everywhere uh, but mm. about showing up to work every day as if that's your current job if you want to be a filmmaker if you want to be a photographer if you want to be a neuroscientists like whatever you want to be if you wake up every morning and you act as if you already are doing that right you know you're probably going to put in that energy into it and I, that's such a fabulous yeah thing that he did like this is your sign <laughs> like just yeah. you know and the support that's amazing that they supported you in that dream yeah i, I think psychologically what it did was it brought the end destination mm -hmm. a lot closer right uh because i could see oh i'm going to be working at a desk yeah and i didn't work at my own desk for years after i graduated and was in this career but now what i'm doing here at my own desk in my own office was very similar to what my dad encouraged me me to do so if people listening like if you want to be a full-time filmmaker like just set set some set yourself up for success yeah it might look similar once you finally achieve it. Yeah. yeah. Well, having a place to go and like, this is, this is your place. Like that you are like, it's like that mantra. I don't know what that's called, but like, it's like speaking it into reality or whatever. Right. Like you show yeah. up every day, you do the thing, you know, that's, I love that. I'm so glad we chatted. About, I love that, that, that whole little piece of advice. It's so cool. Yeah. I, I haven't really told that story in a long time, I guess, because it was a, 
a tough time. And yeah. like I lost a lot. Um, but I found a lot that's after amazing. too. Amazing. Oh, that's so cool. So after that, you ended up moving out to BC. Did, did your family move with you? Did you move by yourself? I moved with my then girlfriend. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, I had never moved out of my house and I had never lived with Megan at the time. Not but... me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm just Megan, I like you. I, I like Megan. Um, yeah. I'm just for the clarification. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we had only been together for two years, but we had been on numerous road trips and we had, you know, you get on the usual road trip arguments and, and, correcting the roads and getting through challenges but we yeah. also had a blast so we trusted each other we drove here okay um with our two best friends and uh yeah we found a, an apartment and and right now we don't have we don't have much family we have one cousin each yeah um but we have since built a a pretty broad and important community and and friends list. that's amazing yeah. that's so cool so you're still with your wife now She's your yes. wife now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just to clarify. No. Yes. And you guys have a beautiful baby girl, which is amazing. Yes. Our nine month old Sosie. Uh, it's wonderful. It's difficult, but yeah. it is so important to us. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of changed how I, how I work too. Yeah. Everyone says that. Do you, do you feel like, um, so when you got to, you got to BC and you worked obviously not in film, but like maybe in the, the film techie type of we'll call it that yeah. um and then you got this job working on set was that kind of like at that point where you're like I just want to work anywhere um like did you have a goal for working in the industry at that point like where you wanted to go well the studio that I ended up working for um they were expanding to British Columbia okay. from Toronto so I applied there initially and when they opened here uh they they called me but we were just working out of the owners or co-owners like uh apartment in surrey yeah. where we started it was just like i was at his desk while he was editing or hustling on his laptop and next to my desk i was sharing it with the photographer when she was editing it yeah. was very very grassroots uh but i spent four years with them and in that time we moved to a live work uh what do you call like this penthouse a sub penthouse okay in and then before i i left amicably uh they were in a studio space in yale town so it really grew and i started with them because i wanted to film and i dabbled in in weddings and it was fun it was yeah it was cool that's yeah. awesome so you um you had mentioned that you went to a conference or a workshop down in Texas. Yes. And that kind of sort of started to change things for you. Was that kind of the first time you thought about doing your own business or had you kind of had these thoughts prior to that experience? Yeah. So I went to, uh, it's called masters in motion. Okay. And I went there in my fourth year working at, at this company. And in the time, like in that four years, when you're working with a, with a company that's growing very quickly, um, a lot can happen. And you you kind of like play catch up. And the owners, they had they were visionaries, but implementing all these things they're imagining fell on, on us as the director. I eventually became their director of videography, which meant I was shooting 30 weddings plus managing videographers 
that were also probably shooting 20 weddings and then the editing. So I was editing, managing editors, like it was a lot. And there were times that I was feeling frustrated with how things were, were working out. So when I was going down to the conference, uh, I, I was kind of like ready to hear what else was happening. My, my motivation to go down there was to help the studio. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to me in 2018, I was like, die hard. I'm going to be with the studio for life. Yeah. Start my own business. Why would I do that? Let everyone yeah. else do the work. I'll just shoot. That's all I want to do. Yeah. But I got to hear from, from some incredible titans in the industry. Um, Alex from Sculpting with Time. Uh, there's Jordan from Film Mavericks, who's also created a community. And I had no idea who these guys were. Like, I had no idea how big they were. And they were just like, oh, why would you work for other people when you can pay yourself? I'm like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> like effort. Um, but it's something like stuck. And it was like, I I'm fed up with how things are happening. My ideas that I feel like would help the studio weren't being listened to. Um, I had gone to a previous conference, ARC, that was here, yeah. and, I, and I wrote a report for this company, and I, I wrote another report based on Masters in Motion because I wanted to communicate these incredible ideas. So after like being around certain entrepreneurs and filmmakers, creatives, something just stuck, and I spent two hours on my flight home writing a pros and cons list because if I was going to leave and start my own business, it meant leaving a very comfortable salary mm -hmm. and Megan and I, my wife, Megan and I <laughs> just, just purchased our first home, yeah. which was a whirlwind experience. So now I'm responsible for not just my own life, my wife's as well. Yeah. But if I failed, the consequences would be massive. Right. Um, but if it wasn't for masters in motion, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like sometimes that like fear of failure is motivating or, I mean, yeah, I guess that's not a clear answer. Yes or no. But how do you feel? How do you feel yeah. about that fear of failure or how did you feel? I, I was so scared. Yeah, of course. Um, Cause if I failed, then like I said, the consequences were huge, but that meant that I could not fail. Right. Yeah. And I didn't rush into things. I I was planning for months and I didn't give my notice until one month before I left. But prior to that, I was looking for loans. I was submitting right. applications for grants. I was creating a business plan. And I was talking to like my closest friends and family and and of course to Megan as well to see, you know, if they believed in me, was I crazy? Could I do this? Yeah. Um, yeah and having that support and sounding board it just motivated me like the, the village helped right. raise this filmmaker yeah well and it's like having uh being around entrepreneurs and then having people support you is such a huge thing it's next to impossible to do on your own without some kind of support of some kind <laughs> like, yeah that's, for yeah. sure but fear was a motivator <laughs> yeah yeah you have to um I, I was in an interview yesterday or like a Facebook live and we we're talking about right. like how, how you manage it all. And it's like, well, when you don't have a choice, you like, you just do it. Like you don't, there is no option. No, there is no option failure. It's just, okay. If it didn't work today, then try something new and try something okay. new and try yeah. something new until you, until it clicks, especially if it's something you're passionate about. 
Yeah, and I found that like if you're passionate about something, you might fail to like the standard that you put up on yourself, but other people will probably most likely enjoy whatever it is, or you'll yeah. succeed somehow because if you put your passion into what you're doing, then you're going to do your due diligence and take the right steps or informed steps. So yeah. you won't screw up as bad as you think. <laughs> right? you it's only when you see all these other people that are, you know, have come before you that you're like, oh, why am I not doing it like that? And then everybody else that's around you who doesn't live in the film industry is just like, holy shit, look at yeah, what he's creating. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so you dove into your business full on weddings. Was that what you decided right away? Like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, it was my bread and butter for sure um and i spent probably 2019 all of 2019 going into wedding films but i had the mentality that i need to get into commercial as well and then i'll be able to make my money so i, I was uh, i was looking at, at that as well i was looking at getting into the commercial space um, and i spent a lot of time planning and doing a little bit of education baby steps so that if someone came knocking I could answer the door right. uh, and I spent probably a year planning that stuff, but I've decided to dive headfirst into wedding videography yeah. again um, because I could definitely grow in, in that space. Yeah. I feel like um, sometimes the wedding industry doesn't get enough credit for what it's capable of, you know, especially when it comes to like us limiting our beliefs on like what people will pay for a filmmaker mm -hmm. or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and in reality, like you're an artist and there is no such thing as too expensive. Um, there's definitely a market for everybody in every style yeah. and every budget. So there's always growth to be had, even in the wedding industry. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I work with one, one shooter. I only work with one person and thankfully he's invested his time in me and he's yeah. been pushing me for months. Uh, it's like Shia, like the weddings, the, the videos we create are fantastic. You got to up your rates. I'm like, nah, no, no problem. So I finally like pulled the trigger up my rates. Um, and the Sikh wedding ended up booking me like yesterday for five figures. That's amazing. Um, and it's like insane. I, I can't believe well, how I can good, actually, I can kind I mean, of, yeah, but how good does that feel? Like we put all this pressure, like, oh, like, am I worth as much money? And then one person says, yes, you are. And you're just like, I'm badass now. Right, yeah, I actually <laughs> done this six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Um, I don't, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm super happy that you listened to your gut and you were inspired to start your own business because it's yeah it's it's so it's really hard and it is a big step and even if you are only a part-time filmmaker and you're trying to like jump into doing it full-time it can be really intimidating but having a good plan and and the passion is super important yeah absolutely have the plan before you jump full 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 time i think that yeah. that's key so that you're not scrambling yeah, yeah. um i want to talk a little bit about bc VideoCon. Because speaking okay. of passions, your face totally lit up when we started talking about it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you, this past year, decided to, or I'm not sure when you were inspired. It could be before. I just only knew about it this year, like in 2021, mm -hmm. uh, to create a conference for filmmakers and creatives. So yeah. how did that come about? What was that like for you kind of coming yeah. into creating that? So BC VideoCon 
which is a conference like dedicated to helping wedding and commercial filmmakers or creatives, even like photographers that are interested in video. Yeah. Um, COVID gave me time to work oh, on There that. you go, yeah. You know, for, for one. Uh, so I've been working on it since January, 2021. But the idea came to me four or five years ago when I was having a conversation with a photographer who was like, was venting about a very difficult experience she had with a filmmaker mm. and how this person wasn't considering her needs, which obviously screws up the photos. Um, and I just thought it would be great if I could communicate to others uh, about the practices or the values that I hold and that yeah. I feel will will make them successful or build a good reputation for them. And that idea just remained dormant, like a little cicada underground. They stay <laughs> underground for like, what, seven years or something? Yeah. And then they come out, they bang, and then they die yeah. in one day. Oh, my gosh. So BC VideoCon was, is my cicada. <laughs> it, stayed, <laughs> it stayed dormant for years. But it came to a point where, like, what, where I had more time and I thought, like, if someone else creates a filmmaker conference here in BC, I will be full of regret. Yeah. for probably years yeah because this is a dream of mine and i want to foster a community of considerate passionate creative people um, that can collaborate with their couples and other creatives mm -hmm. um so i decided to bite the bullet and i had no idea what i was doing i'm not an event planner yeah <laughs> and i have so much more respect for event planners mm -hmm. because of how much work th this is yeah um yeah, I was pretty scared shitless too. And <laughs> I realize now that if I'm going to keep doing this, I have to find a way to balance filmmaking, building my business, and now event planning. Yeah. And am I going to do that for the rest of my life? It's like, well, what the hell have I done to myself? But I want to help the community out. And yeah. it's well, going it goes, down. I think it goes back to like creating people around you too that, that are also passionate about the industry and passionate about growing and you know, um, even after your first conference, you can be like, okay, I, maybe I need someone to help me organize it or, you know, and just start building that team around you that shares the same vision and the same passion. So you can actually continue doing it. I love the idea. I remember when he reached out to me and, um, had asked about it, I was like, oh, I love this because I don't think there is a lot of, um, like workshops or conferences dedicated to filmmaking. There's a few right. for photography mm -hmm. um, and those are still few and far between. Um, but I love this idea of creating uh, a community of considerate creative people. Uh, that's a, that's a quite the, the, the alliteration there. <laughs> yeah. um, but as a photographer myself, it is always, I always find it very refreshing when I show up and I've gotten to either know the filmmaker beforehand or we can jive really well because it, we, you know, you're there as a team to create. So yeah. it's nice to have that information to know how that all can work and people's different experiences and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I commend the, the photo community because I've seen how much they're involved and they hang out and they just, and you, the thing that you're doing too, it's like, let's just go out on a shoot into a field of flowers and the meadows. And I'm like, wow, this is photography life. And it, that may not be the situation for filmmakers now, but right. I hope that that changes because yeah. uh, they exist. Right. And they just, 
they need a little push. They need right. someone to say, hey, come on out and let, let's let's get together. Yes. Well, that was one thing that inspired me about even just doing the podcast was the same thing. Like mm-hmm. it's you're a person with a passion. Let's hang out, you know, let's collaborate or let's yeah. share our stories with each other. And um, filmmaking especially is a very storytelling um, entity. So it's yeah. nice to be able to um have a conversation and get to know each other in the community and build up that that group of folks that loves and supports each other yeah and if as a community we grow and we're more confident and we you know can raise our rates too then we are doing we're helping the industry where Mm -hmm. people who aren't confident to charge more than a thousand dollars because they don't think they will book but if other people are charging more, then they will have more examples and yeah. have more ba- uh, businesses to to look at and to yeah. feel confident that they can raise their rates, provide a living um, for themselves, and while yeah. while creating art. So yeah. there's a you know we just get our tentacles and the whole community <laughs> we lift up the industry. Well, I love how passionate you are about creating this conference. Um, I'm speaking at the conference, which I'm really excited about. So stoked. Um, There's some amazing speakers that are going to be attending. And if there's still some tickets left, I believe Uh, it's March 31st, 2022. And you can find tickets over at um, bcvideocon.com. .ca? .ca, sorry bcvideocon.ca um and they're on instagram at bcvideocon yay uh and if you want to follow shia his uh he's over on instagram at shia k films and at shiakfilms.com and i appreciate you coming on and hanging out and sharing your story and hopefully inspiring some filmmakers to start connecting more in the industry and hopefully attend the conference. I would love to see so many beautiful people there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Megan, for giving creatives a space and giving me space to, to chat about this. Uh, It's, I often doubt that people are going to come to this conference or hire me, uh, but people buy tickets and people book me. So it happens. Uh, so if people ever experience self-doubt, we're all in it. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, all the time. Every time I send a message or I send an email, it's just normal. And I, I really don't think no matter how successful, uh, how much money you make, how successful you are, how many followers you have on social media, how many diehard clients you have, or how many amazing, beautiful reviews you have. Every time you send that email with like mm. your packaging and mm-hmm. your, like your little intro of who you are you're like "Mm, like, I can do this (laughs) absolutely yeah awesome well thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode